Hey, everybody. Before we start today, I wanted to encourage you, if you are not a subscriber to either MXU Team or Team Light, now is the time to do it. We're coming into the end of the year, and if you have unspent budget dollars that have to go somewhere, pour it into the training of your team. Team Light is our newest feature where you can invite up to three users from your team. So if you have a small team of a couple of volunteers, it's a great way to give them access to the entire library of MXU Now training. You've got search functions, curated playlists, and an ongoing growing library of great content for getting them up to speed and everything they need for audio, video, lighting, and leadership. And the best part is it's only 39 bucks a month. Now, if you have a large team and you need more licenses, MXU Team gives you unlimited users, so you can sign up as many people as you need for 99 bucks a month. You also get to create your own playlists, see the user's watch history, and you get invited to the MXU Slack workspace where you can network with like-minded production leaders from all over the world. So go to our new URL, which is getmxu.com, and sign up today. Let's get to the podcast. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 92 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as always with my good buddy and co-founder, Lee Fields. And we are thrilled to be joined today at long last by our favorite co-host. We've all missed her. We all love her. Grace Royce is back, Yay! and we could not be more happy. <laughs> I miss you Grace, guys so much. We're so glad that you're here. I felt like such a fangirl. I wanted to just like jump on the bus, be like, take me with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should have. We, we missed you on the tour for sure, but we've missed opportunities for these kind of conversations more than anything. So it's so glad that you're with us. It's so good to see you. So for those of you who don't know, since Grace was with us last time, she's been busy getting back to work, which is great, but is also a new mom and is trying to juggle the just <laughs> stress of motherhood and having a baby around and keeping working and keeping yeah. all those balls in the air. So yeah. thanks for making time for us today. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. And I miss you guys like tons and the babies, uh, a lot of work, a lot of fun, but uh a lot of work. Yeah, the the long hours on site and in festival seasons definitely helped prepare me mentally to be a new parent. And any of you that are parents know that first couple of months is like, when will I sleep again? I yeah. feel like death. I can't possibly see beyond my nose, let alone like cope with anything else. So yeah, it was uh luckily we we got through it and Faith is nine months old today. She has got her little stack of laminates and VIP stickies going because she's already <laughs> been to uh Red Rocks and EDC and uh she's just a good little trooper man. We we had her on the boat like right away of course and I think she's just used to like traveling and being you know, moved around and it's just very comfortable and happy. She's just a happy kid. She doesn't like being like put in stuff. You can't like put her in stuff like a high chair or anything. She just wants to move and be out and free because that's just how she's always been. So for better or for worse, I got a really great, uh, climbing, crazy kid and she's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. <laughs> the cool thing about her being kind of in on everything is she'll probably sleep anywhere. So you yeah. can like, you know, just 
whenever you're out and she needs to go sleep, just yeah. here we are. I go do it. I don't so. want to jinx it, but the airplane thing has been going pretty good. And That's great. I just great. put her in this little like baby hammock thing I wear and she crashes out. Yeah, a lot of parents are really Things jealous <laughs> right now. Well, I'm jealous that how she's seen a show at Red Rocks and I haven't. First oh, of all, no. <laughs> but, yeah, you yeah, it. she went to Red Rocks about 14 years earlier than my daughter did. It was actually and then Lee hasn't even Lee yeah. hasn't even been. It was actually a really special show for me. It turned out to be the tenth sold out show I've done at Red Rocks in 10 years. Wow. Oh, that's cool. And I only discovered that because I spent all dang week uh, scouring the tunnel looking for this little, what I thought was kind of a cute little gangster tag when I was in my 20s, you know? And I I would go back and I would date it every time I'd I'd go out through the front house tunnel. And so uh, I couldn't find it all week long. And then finally, finally, last day I found it was like super stoked and signed it and realized counting all the dates, like dang, 10 sold out shows in 10 years. That's, that's actually really cool. And so it was really special to have her there. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause there's a tunnel that goes from backstage to front of house. Yeah, if, if anybody didn't know about Red Rocks, it's a, a natural amphitheater that was built very early on in the 1900s, uh, and they turned it from theater, of course, into like a live sound venue, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Look it up, and uh, yeah, there's this little secret tunnel. That kind of dinky thing is that it ends up sticking you really, really close to the stage, because yeah. they didn't want to dig the tunnel for like another... I mean, it's a hike too at elevation, and I've run those stairs a couple times and totally puked. And yeah, it's uh, it's a good time. So it's a state park, right? Yeah, you can go there during yeah. the day, and it's kind of weird because you're like on stage line checking and getting yeah. your built. And and what I was building at Red Rocks, uh, the union labor lead, well, not union, but the the lead labor lead actually let me know in this nice backhanded comment was like, you use one hundred percent of the venue. Like, yeah, I told you guys in the advance, I was going to use a hundred percent of the stage and the grid and everything. And they're like, yeah, but you used a hundred percent. Like you couldn't even walk from the dressing rooms onto the deck without entering a piece of structure and staircase that went into this thing that like, it was like a maze of led and just the gnarliest. It took 14 hours to build. I loaded in at 2 AM. I finished I had to hold doors 15 minutes. I finished 15 minutes after six o'clock and it took only like four hours to rip out or something. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're production managing that show? Uh Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was it a festival? And TMI pumping in the dressing rooms. It was like (laughs) really weird. I I took a picture of myself and sent it to a select few uh, (laughs) chicks in the industry. There is a photo out there. If it ends up on the internet, I don't even care y'all. Go ahead post around it's me <laughs> wearing the thing you know it, yeah. at red at red rock behind me and the all in show blacks radios hanging off everywhere i was just like this <laughs> i don't i had a hashtag like do you even tour bro like <laughs> do you even, i don't know i've never seen you have to like pump four times a day while doing a 14 hour load in but go ahead that's amazing <laughs> that's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> I was the, I have been to Red Rocks, but not to see a show. So I still need to see a show there. But oh yeah, we did we do like the summer vacation with the family. We drive all over the country and look at yeah. national parks and stuff. So we were in Denver, and we went because it's a park. And they're loading in Casey Musgraves to play mm-hmm. that night, 
And I didn't get to go. I was so freaking bummed because that's actually a show like, I would pay I just to stay? go to. Yeah. I'll just stay. I'll just tie myself to this tree and you'll have to leave me that's here. That's funny. <laughs> but there's people everywhere. There's like. I think the rules are that you can, like the park is open until, like on show days, it's open till 2 p.m. I think. And so you can basically. till I till I kick you out because I need a sound check. <laughs> like, yeah. Grace Cook kicks you out. But like on a any show that I've been there, it's like. There's people working out. They're running the stairs. Yeah. They're doing CrossFit classes. They're doing all the stuff. Yeah, looking all looking all healthy while half my guys are hungover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then whenever sound checks about to start or line checks or whatever, it's like okay, the park is closing in ten minutes, and everybody leaves, and you do a show. It's amazing. Yeah, and then afterwards, you're loading out and you're having to like move really kind of slow down the hill, try not to run over deer and bunny and coyote and skunks. And I mean, it's just like yeah. a Disney princess's dream, What? but you're trying to like get road cases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a crossload too, Lee. I don't know if you crossload. know. Crossload. Yeah. The only, the, yeah. for those of you who don't know, the other fun thing is that any trucks that you bring in have to basically park about a half a mile away at the bottom of the hill because you can't get a semi up to the loading dock of the venue. So you offload onto these flatbed trucks that then go up the hill to the side stage dock. And the crew that's there luckily is so great because they do it all day, every day. So they've got it dialed. It just takes a long time. So I wasn't breaking any, any records on that one. Yeah, but it's an amazing experience. Lee, you got to do it. I know. Do they supply all the trucks? Do they own them or you have to advance those too? They supply the crossload uh, flatbeds that run got the it. hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they they use that system. Uh and I guess last last little humble brag that came to mind was about uh the Jones Beach crossload. I I don't know if this is still true, but as of 2 years ago I held the record for uh five truck in in speed on how fast I loaded out, you know, because that's a crazy crossload too. As anyone knows, you dump up in the parking lot, and then because the venue is like through this floodplain, you actually have to push everything by hand and then fork it again up onto a deck. So it takes forever, unless you've got a wow. system. That's and you're, crazy. And you're a crazy person, and you bribe your crew to get it done. <laughs> so this sounds like. You are that such person. Yeah. So if you ever need a system with yeah. a lot of paperwork and crazy people, call Grace I'm your because girl. she's she's <laughs> your girl. I got crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Grace, have you ever done? I think I've said this before on the podcast. Barrowlands in Glasgow, Scotland. No. There's a club there. It's like an old dingy rock club, but it's kind of big. It's probably like 1,500 people flat floor, but it's on the third floor. And the load in is at the bottom and it's stairs, but it's a circular staircase that goes yeah. all the way up. Yeah. And all the uh, the labor there are these massive Gaelic Scottish Viking dudes. Yeah. And they're speaking English, <laughs> but you cannot understand a freaking word they say. That's amazing. That's and it's amazing. the same thing. It's That's what they do probably three or four days a week. That's the gig. Yep. And, you know, we're, it was like, what was the PA we had? It was a DMB V's and we had to ground stack them, but you know, they're in stacks of four in a mm-hmm. road case. Yeah. Well, these guys are picking them up one on each side, carrying them to the top of the staircase and everything. And then they've got a hoist in the middle of the staircase that shoots down to the bottom mm. that they used maybe five times for like the D show console. I had what they considered the big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what they would call heavy. Yeah, you know, feeder cable trunk console. 
like Dude. the real big stuff. But if it was like 200 pounds, it's two yeah. guys going up those stairs. Yeah. If there's anybody headed there, will you send me pics of these dudes? That I want to see this crew. They sound amazing. Yeah. yeah. Say hi. It's like Braveheart does load in. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what it is. It's yeah. not. I, get, I don't want to offend my Scandinavian friends. Maybe that's not Vikings, but those guys yeah. kill someone. Legit. <laughs> With yeah. their bare hands. Yes. Yeah. No Good joke. <laughs> that's amazing. And then you, uh, so Faith has also been to EDC, another show that I want to go to because. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. I, I, not that I'm super into EDM, but I feel like when you see, yeah. when you see pictures yeah. and video of that. I take it back, Lee. I'm going to send you a couple of texts after this phone call. That'll blow your mind. Their their drone show. Okay, so they yeah. they they tell us ahead of time, like you guys are on this. It's it's the most legit circus you've ever been to, right? Yeah. Like think of the most legit circus, and then times it by a million and put it in the center of one of those high speed racetracks. Yep. And that's what EDC is, and it is just beautiful, colorful, crazy. Every stage is just one of the most insane structural. But a lot of scenic, like a lot of big inflatables that look like sculpture. Yeah. And then they hmm. hit them with projection and a lot of texture. And man, the elements are just gorgeous. And we're on the stage that's all like digitized, like very, um, like yeah. we, had, we had robots on trampolines. We also had a fireworks show that at one point I wanted to be like, can you call them and tell them to quit it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was just too much. Like, okay, we're done. How long is this thing going to go on? And then uh, a drone show that I think was close to 250 drones. Yeah. And it made three-dimensional image images that actually moved. So, cons- like, one of the most impressive to me, just as far as a programmer's standpoint, was a three-dimensional heart that then pulsed backwards and forwards in three dimensions. Uh, to a couple yeah. that approaches each other and embraces and hugs and dances. Like, give Amazing. me a break. What in the world? So, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. That's what I mean. Like, I do like some electronic music, but to go experience <laughs> something like that. There was one stage in particular my boy uh, Brandon was in charge of, and I went to visit, and I praise him for being able to stomach that for that many days. I told him he was on the gorilla robot sex stage because it just sounded it was like the most insane just like there were gorilla robots and then yeah it was just i couldn't do it for 10 minutes let alone six days or whatever he did so well i have a couple of friends who've been like the front of house tech for all the artists coming in for a show like that and they have said that it is the most grueling thing for audio because it's one thing to come in and mix a show like that and be done. Yeah. But to sit there hour after hour and oh. even with earplugs, your nerve, getting- your nervous system. And then yeah. the boys yeah, are like smoking, they're chain smoking cigarettes and drinking Red Bull and coffee. And I'm going like, no, you got your nervous system. It can not take this <laughs> for this many yeah, days. You cannot withstand that much abuse yeah. in one week, but they can cause they're 20 and so did I. So whatever. Well, there you go. That's why we pay them. <laughs> So speaking of of kids and melting downs, uh, one of the reasons you know I, I love talking to you guys is because we can talk a little dirt and like blow off a little steam. And I I missed getting to go to MXU because I was working with a couple little pop stars from other countries that are here working, and it, one of them in particular was like giving me a really good run for my money 
up at the really? studi- studios in Burbank recently. S- surprise, surprise. <sighs> Just meltdowns. When, when we first got on, on the call today, you said you felt like you were like half therapist, half showrunner, half producer, half, you know, whatever, just trying to keep these Doctor, div- yeah. divas in line. Oh, yeah. Man. So talk to me about what happens when a pop star says that their mic stand is not chrome enough. Well, I go in. What is that conversation? <laughs> I go into the bathroom and I say mean things to myself. <laughs> well, there, uh, there's worship leaders out there that have chrome microphones. So that We could do a whole episode on that. BS. Oh my gosh. No, they don't. We should find some. Are they? No, maybe we shouldn't. Well, we could we could tag them in in some of those production feeds about the shoes, the, yeah. the pastors with the shoes. Yeah. Oh right, oh. preachers and sneakers. Preachers and sneakers. God, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we could we could do a blinged out one. Yeah, managing bling for a pop stars par par for the course, right? You know, but man, when you're when when your buddies are down the way having a conference and doing fun stuff, and your pop stars yelling at you about their mic stand, you're like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, we we definitely missed you, uh, and I know. I know you miss being able to hang out with Jay, oh, everybody's favorite MC. I love Jay. Tell me, tell me how he did. We had such a blast. Yeah. Well, what was the best part about MXU? Looking back at it, do you just have like this one favorite moment so far? I, I think I've said this before. I know I've said it privately. I can't remember if I've said it publicly, but I had a couple like very specific things happen that left an impression on me or left a mark, I should say. And it was meeting teams that would come to these events from normal churches. And when I say normal, I mean church of 150 people from whatever suburb and whatever town, and everyone on the team works in their community or owns a business or works some other job, and they're service to their church and their volunteer um, give back has turned into this hobby and passion that they love. Just normal dudes and gals of like, you know, this guy's a dentist and this guy works at a muffler shop and this guy's an IT guy at his company. And they all get in a car and they drive 10 hours to come here us bunch of idiots on consoles, you know, <laughs> ramble or whatever. And then we go to a bar and have a beer with them and get to meet. Yeah. And like, we talk about college football and then they say something like, man, what you guys have done has really changed our church. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Does it surprise you that it's reaching out that far? I think it's always surprising, right? When you hear from somebody like, not even in your neighborhood that's like, hey, what you're doing is really affecting me in a huge way. Yeah, and I think there were days, I probably every day at some point, like at the end of load-in or toward the end of load-in, Lee and I would walk in or walk out of the auditorium together and just stop and look at the stage or the screens or the console setup or whatever, whatever the venue look was for the day and the lighting and all the stuff that was so much different than when we first started, which was just three consoles in a circle. And that was it, you know, and we would look at each other and go, did you ever imagine that this would be what this would turn into? I mean, it was just, yeah, every day there was something that was just overwhelming and we're just so grateful. And it, it was just, it was such a great experience for me though. The biggest impact moments, I think, happened on the two-day events 
because in three of the cities, we added a second day that was team focused. So we had our regular audio mixing day. And then the second day, we'd focus on uh, a worship team live on stage with lighting and video. So we would do lighting programming and camera training. And then at the end of the day, execute a three song worship set. And just to see the light bulbs go off for people and how they were just digging in with their engagement and taking notes and looking at each other from their teams that they brought going, yes, we need to do this. Yeah, this is a great thing. Wow, did you notice that? I mean, it was just, you could feel the room learning. And it was, I know that the impact from those days is still rippling. And there's still there were teams that were better that weekend because of what they saw. And they've continued to get better since because of what they experienced. And it was just overwhelming. Yeah, it's not just a podcast and it's not just a no. conference. It's like the, <laughs> no. the 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 podcast inspires people to come from to the conference and help show you where they need the knowledge, right? They're actually there yeah. in front of you going, hey, this is where I understand it. This is where I don't. This is how our teams can benefit from what's going on. And then you guys hit the podcast again and are like giving them exactly what they're in person asking you for. It's yeah. it's not a surprise to me that it's reaching so far. I love uh, this new era we're in, this YouTube era and this podcast era. I think maybe especially during the pandemic where a lot of us are really having to work a little extra hard to make good enough, not only be okay, but be great. Like that I got through the day, I got my team paid, I got whatever's going on. You know, like this has been a season. And we're ready to celebrate and move on, but we definitely got to recognize like we've all been kind of struggling and what, how have we been taking care of ourselves? And I think a lot of us use podcasts. A lot of us have yeah. been trying to self-educate. And so to reach out, and that's how I met you, to reach right. out to you guys be, yeah. because um, my tech director at the church was like, hey, you would like these guys. And right. then I, I hit you up and I was like, hey, I like you guys. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> yeah. And then we met. And it's no different than everybody coming to your, to, I almost said concert, because it's kind of like a concert, but it's yeah. to your conference and your conversations they're getting to have with you in person is just huge. Yeah. And if I'm honest, me specifically, when we started this, I think I had this goal, and I don't, I don't know that it was the best one, to be able to say that churches like Hillsong and Elevation and Life Church trusted us and used our stuff and listened, because I wanted to say the big, the biggest churches on the planet, yeah, respect. You know us. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But like we have that now, and it doesn't mean as much to me as meeting the guy from the church of a hundred who doesn't even do this for a living. It means way more. Knowing you, Lee, it does not surprise me that notoriety does not fill your heart. Mm. You know, that when I have somebody, like I have relationships now because of MXU, that I'm going to be honest, during one of these last little like, what the heck is going on with my life type episodes. And maybe because I'm really damn tired from this whole kid thing. Uh, <laughs> I reached out to somebody through our MXU community down there in Atlanta and saved my life. Saved my life. I know he knows who he is because wow. he's a stepdad. We met, we met at MXU. 
And yeah, we have church in common. Yeah, we have God in common. Yeah, we have audio in common, but we have step parenting in common. We have how to navigate being a production manager in an industry that's a little freaking squirrely right now, you know? And so to have those, I mean, we're talking late night conversations, direct messaging, in the bathroom crying, telling him, well, and this, 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 and this, and well, you get, you know, giving each other advice and pepping each other up. Like those relationships mean more in the long run than anything else we could do on this earth, you know? And so I love it when someone like that approaches me at an event and is like, hey, this means a lot. Uh, Or even reaches out through the gram and is like, hey, no, you're probably sick of hearing it. Like, but I, what you're doing means a lot to me. And I try to reach out to people that do that for me in the sailing community. There's uh, three particular ocean blogging families that have small children. They tour mm. the whole world. They, yeah. don't, they don't live in an apartment. Right. They, they live on their boat. They have sustainable income. They have a good family base. They still see their, you know, they, they share all the same values, I, you know, and it's weird you can reach out to these people. They're real people, you know? Yeah. And I think it's surprising being on the other side of it, Lee, to be like, dang, I really respect you. I do respect you because Hillsong and all that thing. You know, I do. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I can reach out to you and you reach back is like huge. Yeah. Huge. And I, I should say too, like some of my closest friends have come from relationships. You know, Zach at Elevation has mm-hmm. become such a strong friend. So I get value and meeting them for different reasons, but I'm more proud of what MXU means to the small church than I am the biggest ones. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably the best way to summarize it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you're lining up with what they have going on at Elevation and Hillsong yeah. and, and, you know, yep. learning from each other. And uh, I, at this point, I'm sure that they've learned stuff from you. I'm going to guess that if you reached out to all those b- big churches, they would be like, oh, no, I, I picked up this one thing or whatever, you know? Sure, yeah. And we don't consider ourselves like, I don't consider myself the best production manager in the world or the best mixer in the world. But I guarantee you, if you and I, you know, had a had a kombucha yeah. or a beer, within a few th- 30 minutes, we're going to teach each other something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. And every one of those conversations is significant in any number of ways. That's what's great about this community and building this tribe and continuing these, you know, these, whether it's an event or a podcast or whatever, it's like, you're going to learn something. You're going to help encourage each other. You're going to build each other up. And that just makes the whole network stronger and everybody's better for it. That's, that's why I love talking to you, Grace, because I feel like every time we have these conversations, I leave feeling like I'm better than when I started. You just have that way about you. And you're just so well. You and me aren't. You and me aren't. I'm not the person you call when you want to talk about what this mic, what's on the inside of this microphone, right? Like I'm. I, right. Uh, I, I'm sure it's cool. You know, I'll take it. It yeah. works. It works. <laughs> when it stops working, I respect it less. I can tell you yeah. that. Uh, but you know, you our relationship is like, yeah, we we pump each other up. We remind each other what's important. Remind each other, you know, like there's some real ish going on in the world, but your ish is still important. You know, and yeah. you can come to me with anything. You can tell me what's going on or you you don't have to talk to me for months, you know, and when we come back to it, it'll be like we picked up right where we left off. hundred percent. You know, and I've cried twice already in 26 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm, awesome. sh- I'm sure I'll get my turn. You know, <laughs> I, 
I think uh, I think it's always good to to have friends and loved ones that you feel comfortable being like emotional with, you know? Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of people in the world that you feel safe being like, oh, I just lost it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, you know what? It's on my Instagram. Anybody on my Insta, Grace Music, can see it right now. There's a picture of me and my backline rep. So here I go, Lee. This is me crying. My okay. backline rep, I, after <laughs> I had not seen him since our last show before the pandemic, which was uh, December of 2019. Was that right? This is 2019? 2020. Yeah. yeah 2019. Yeah. Would have been the last time that we were together. And the photograph that my monitor engineer caught of me grabbing that guy. Oh, my God. Gets me every time. Hmm. I was so happy. Like that. I'm going to pick Jay Desai up. He's going to have to run for cover <laughs> when I see him. Yeah. Because I just, I'm so excited to like see people. And I remember even saying to him, like, neither of us were wearing masks. We've both been... Um, tested so often our noses hurt but uh, <laughs> I, I remember like running towards him going is it okay to hug you like full speed like you're gonna have to tell me before I get there because I was so excited you know so well, what I love about that picture is you with your fist like, in the we air did like it, dude we're we getting through this mm. come hell or high hell water. or high water and that's our relationship that's how I feel about yeah. you guys you know like hell or high water what you got going on with your church? Oh, it's, I got a friend right now. Her church is disintegrating, literally disintegrating, like is in litigation. I've never heard of this where they're dissolving the capital of the church. Like, it's so crazy. And so like being able to support people no matter what they're going through. And, you know, I'm just a production manager. I don't know what else is going on in the world necessarily with politics or anything else, but I can definitely tell you what's going on in our world and, and, uh, yeah, that that particular rep has been a big part of my life and has only, I, I, I would say in 19 years, I've only had two knockdown, not sure I'm going to get off my knees moments mid-show, and he was there for both of them. Wow. You know, and and not that he did anything special. He didn't do anything special. He walked into my trailer and saw what it ha was happening for me shut the door and put a security officer in front of my door. That was the nicest thing anybody could have possibly done for me in a moment that I was like, I don't know if I can get up off my knees and finish this show. And I yeah. can't tell you what was going on there. I'm actually still under contract to not talk about that particular event. But uh, there, there are moments like that in life and in our industry. And we would be so ridiculous to think that we don't come off of these tours or these experiences together and we're bonded. And I heard one of my sailing community folks say this the other day is like, you spend 15, 20 days out on the ocean together in the middle of nowhere where it's you versus the elements. We got to survive and we're going to have a damn good time as a reward. Yep. Uh, their family after that 20 yep. days. 20 days yeah. together, 24 hours a day, they're a family. So I come off the road and I got some of these people in my life that like, don't even think you're going anywhere. Like you're not going anywhere. Like we're going to know each other forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. unless you like. Well, and there's, cause there's nobody else in your life that knows all of those stories. They, nobody else in your life, no matter how close you are, you could be blood related, but because you weren't there. 
there's a layer of separation that you'll never understand. Like we fought through this thing, crashed this wall together, and nobody else knows that unless you were there. And that's that's a that's a bond, a band of brothers type thing that just can't happen with just friends or just family. A fight we continue to do, unfortunately. Like yeah. we're always going to have hard times uh, in life. Uh, you know, we've all been on the road when uh, someone's parent or loved one passes away, or a child gets sick, or whatever it is, and they have to rush home, and we all have to file in and support them and. Um, you know, right now there's, um, what happened in Houston recently has really rocked a couple of my teams in a, in a real way. And, um, being there for them looks different than it did even two years ago. You're talking about the Travis Scott festival. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you, if you haven't in your career operated an event where something tragic happened, I hope it stays that way. Hmm. And if it hasn't happened, it is your sole responsibility, at least from your position, to do everything you can to keep it that way. And so that's where I am with my teams and just trying to love and support them and remind them that like they got to have each other's back. If we were out on the ocean and the storm hit, would you just lay in your bunk and be like, oh, I don't know. I didn't see anything. I don't know why right. everybody drowned. No, you wouldn't. Oh, that was his job. You wouldn't tell me that. You would get your ass out of bed. You would help me get that sail down and make sure that this whole team didn't die tonight. You know, it's mm. it's it's as important in our careers, in our families. We have a responsibility to each other. We're not solo anything you know so regarding that i mean you're like this isn't the first time obviously that there's been a a tragedy in the industry you know it's one thing when it's a weather event that somebody decides the show must go on and it shouldn't have you know indiana state fair type thing comes to mind or something like vegas where there's this psychopath who opens fire on people that's that's different, but there are, there are times when things happen that it's just the industry needs to have a better or different response. So what do you think, what's the fix? Like other than your teams not being afraid to, okay, see something, say something, you know, whatever that response level on the ground is, what does the industry need to do to make sure that this just stops? Cause I feel like, gosh, there's, Sometimes it's pretty senseless. and Well, it's it, it's part of our job. I really just want everybody to understand it's part of your job. If you're walking into it going, well, I'm an audio engineer. I don't give a shit about security. Then I don't want you on my team. And if you come into it and you say, well, I'm a lighting person. I'm not really too interested in whether or not the barricade has a hole in it. I don't want you on my team. You know, And uh, we are willing to bribe people. I, I have a good friend, Mazzy. A, a level legend of a of a site ops manager and she'll get like an iPad or something and um, she sets up an iMessage account and everybody that you see something you you say something you text to this number and it shows up on 
the assistant's laptop, and it's just photos. You don't send any information, just the photo. And at the end of the event, whoever's got the most hole in the fence, security guard, smoking pot, uh, whatever it is, whoever's got the most things they saw, you know, forklift uh, on grounds after doors, uh, they get the iPad. Things happen during the show no matter what. No matter what. It's just whether there's going to be stuff every time. I don't want to hear about it from the people. I don't want my my patrons who are supposed to feel safe and cared for to think like, oh, they're out of water and panic. Like, right. you know, I want a text message right. about this hours before, you know. And so we we set up a fun way to like tattle on each other and get through the show and 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 same thing out on the water. If you saw a line broken or you saw a sail flapping, you'd be like, hey dude, can you tighten that up? Hey, dude, can you tighten that up? Hey, dude, can you tighten that up? There's a hole in the fence. Tighten that up. Hey, I'm going to need you to get that golf cart out of there. Tighten that up. You know? Yep. So good. Legislation-wise, there's some things that we can do that I, I know that a lot of people are already working on, and I'm really grateful that there are some amaz- amazing people out there that are better educated than me and are willing to go to the courts and get it done. And and that's amazing. And I'm happy to do my part by being the production manager that could sp- supply them as much information as possible about why we do what we do and how things act. We, um, we have drones now. We can, we can see how crowds move. Um, if you, if you look at the aerial footage, there's some beautiful pictures of, uh, EDC on the internet. Yeah. You'll see the layout is very deliberate. Um, mm. yeah. Cause you're talking 150,000 people or something. You have to keep, uh, just think about large quantities of sand. How do you control large quantities of sand? Is it easier to control it in one large bucket or is it easier to control it in a bunch of little cups that you can place wherever you want? Mm-hmm. So, um, little cups is the only way to do proper crowd control. And, and when we travel to South America, we still see in Mexico, like bike rack instead of crash barricade. We still see some of our really old structures from the nineties, uh, unfortunately got sold and sent to other countries and we don't use them here cause they're not safe and they're being used other places. And so Gosh. I remember thinking like, it's, it's not my job to know rigging. I'm an audio engineer. If you don't want anything dropped on your head, you might want to learn some rigging. Sorry, you're an audio engineer. You didn't want to learn rigging. But, you know, like this, everything about life is learning. And like, if you got into this industry to stop learning, you should probably pick a new industry where you could go clock in and get brain dumb because this is not it. And so (laughs) I need people that are willing to pivot when things happen. And so to have a team go through such a tragedy like that is absolutely awful. And I, I want to love and support them through this transition, um, we also need to get on with making some changes. And every, I think everybody involved knows where that those changes need to happen. And I just hope that on site, everyone is willing to stay a little extra sober. You're getting paid. I don't think I have to say that out loud, but I'll just say it out loud. Knock it off. You're getting high then something's probably going to fall in your head or you might drop something on somebody else's head and that's a problem. So, um, yeah, yeah. Whether it's, whether it's legal or not, I don't care. Beer's legal. I know. Yeah. Prescription drugs are legal, but we've seen how that goes. You know, I had, I had a guitar tech had to, uh, 
practically purchase a bus after he, you know, backed into it. So, you know, just Gosh. just don't do drugs and work. You know, if you if you're having a hard time and you're doing drugs, like it might be time to take a break from work and clear clear it up because it's not it's just not the rock and roll do drugs party whenever you want type industry anymore. It's not, I'm sorry, this is a, this is a legit huge professional industry. And if you want in, you're welcome. If you don't, there are plenty of crummy clubs you can crawl into and get high, you know, just don't, don't set your sights up here until you're, you're cleaned up. And, um, you know, this direct, everything you're saying directly applies to whether you're volunteer production guy at a church or, a, you know, a mega church with 30 staff. Yeah. Because there's lifts involved, there's rigging, there's 220 volt power. There's like every, the whole time you're yeah. saying this, I'm like, how many times did I walk by a hazer with fluid all over the floor? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're talking about somebody slipping and like breaking their wrist. Yeah. And I, know, I realize people have lost their lives over the things you're talking about, but like we all have a part to play to keep everybody safe, whether that means an, a small injury or yeah. the worst catastrophe. So it's, it's really good to think about. When I moved to California from Tennessee, like you can't get in a lift here in California if, unless you're a certain age, you carry the card, you, you know, and it's, it was so frustrating to me because coming from Tennessee, it was like just a bunch of good old boys. Well, yeah. We'll put the lift in the back of the truck and oh, yeah. make it happen. In, Ar- you know? in Arizona, it's like as soon as you're old enough to reach the steering wheel. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, regulations can be annoying, but and then, but then they can also, be, they're really smart in some cases too. Yeah. We just got to keep an eye out for each other. And, and mental health has been a big one right now, more than ever, I think. And um, yeah, we just got to take really good care of each other. I need people to slow down a little bit. Like I think we get, we have a tendency to get uh, tired and hungry and lonely and all the things, and it's all worked up. And there's you know the gigs going on long, and all of a sudden this XLR is pissing me off, and I just want to rip the tape off of it, and then the end of it comes flying up and hits someone, breaks a tooth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean just yeah. slow down. So when I see people get working up, now I don't walk by. When I see people work, mm-hmm. oh, that motherfucker, pushing the road case like it's going to kick its own butt. And then, yeah. you know, hey, dude, what's going on? Hey, no, I don't care about this load in right now. You know, like, let's, let's, yeah. let's take a walk, you know? Yeah. What did that road case ever do to you? <laughs> yeah. Can you put, can you push it towards the truck maybe? <laughs> exactly. Like push, push with gravity instead yeah. of fighting against it all day. And I, I think on the emotional side too, it's, you know, we have a lot of, people in church world who are on the edge of a simmering pot that's about to boil over, whether it's, I mean, in very real ways, people have lost close friends in their churches due to disease or COVID or, you know, any number of things. Life. And life. I mean, it's just. Just happens. There's so many people who are on that bleeding edge of what's going to be the thing that pushes them over the edge. And so I think it doesn't have to be a, you know, national tragedy or a whatever to expose some of that. It's like, there's a lot of people in our tribe who are in that too close all the time. I'm going to call call myself out. I made a huge error 
over the last, I don't know, lifetime. And and just having a standard, I think, that's a little too high of where happiness needs to be for life to be okay. You know, and I feel like we do hold our church leaders to a standard of like what they're supposed to be. The supposed to be happy, the supposed to have a family that's all together, the supposed to, you know, and um, I guess over the last, like, kind of waking up from this, what feels like a baby coma, I'm like, man, I good enough is great right now. Like, if you're out there and you're having a hard time and you're getting by and it's just good enough today— did you get out of bed? Did you make yourself some food? Did you get to work? Are the clo- are the kids dressed? Is all like that's great. It's okay. You don't have to be 100% happy today or know that your career is ace or whatever it is, you know? Like I just feel like we've done a it's probably coming off of like my generation's injustice in social media and the false happiness film, you know, lens. Yeah. Right? Everybody's so dang happy. And I think it's okay to just be like, did you get on by today? High five, dude. Did the yeah. church did you <laughs> did you have two church services and everybody got in and they got out? Yeah. High yeah. five, dude. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. That you yeah. actually went to church and did service. Like, I still haven't been back to church, Lee. I'm not in I'm not in the seat yet. I'm still over the dang internet. And I think, I don't know, what's today? Friday? Am I done? Sunday? Should we go in? Yeah. I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we go in. You know, I'm I'm trying to be of service in ways that I can, but there's something that happens when you walk through the door that's a little yeah. different mm. than sitting behind a screen. Just like getting to walk up and give my buddy a big old hug, way different than hitting him up over the phone during the pandemic. Totally. Yo, dude, you okay? Okay. Totally. Yeah. We checked yeah. in. Yeah, you're okay. Okay. It's not like yeah. we didn't talk the whole time, you know? Yeah. But way different. There's something that happens. You get in that seat. You smell the smells. You get the coffee that's not as good as Starbucks, but better than you made at home for some reason. And yeah. <laughs> uh, you get your little seat and you say hi to the friends and like, oh, there's the neighbor that you never talk to and leave, even though they live two doors down. And yeah. you know, and and you sing some songs and the kids get, got some crafts and like you just kind of leave feeling like refreshed for the week. And I haven't had that experience in two years. And I'm done. Mm. I'm done. And I know that there's still a lot of people that are like that, but I know a lot of people are getting back in the seat and I'm sure they're feeling better. And that's awesome. And I'm I'm so happy they're out there mixing and doing things, you know? And it seems silly to me, right? Like that I'm not, that I'm in doing shows, but I'm not doing uh, church, but it's because it's been outdoors. You know, if anyone's about to send me a direct message. It's because it's outdoors. Let me have your back a little. Thank you. You are in Los Angeles County. Yeah. And they're And a pandemic crazy. with an infant and a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think we're good. I think we're good. And I think my heart and my soul will suffer more than my body if I don't go in soon. That's a good word. Good for you. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you process that. Thanks, out guys. Yeah, I'm no glad, glad we could help. <laughs> Back to church we go. <laughs> Especially coming into Christmas, you know, it's funny this this Advent season for a lot of people is just different. And I think the idea of now this is where I get emotional. The idea of come on, we got all three of us got to cry. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea of God coming near that He 
took on human flesh and became the most vulnerable thing we can imagine to come to us as a baby. It's like, not that you have to go to church to meet Jesus, but this, this idea of Emmanuel, God with us, like when we can experience that with other people, with other believers, arm in arm, hand in hand, with that hug, with that long awaited reconnection. It's like, that's, you know, that to me is like more than any whiz bang. Hey, we're going to make it snow inside and do this big production and all that stuff this Christmas. It's like, man, let's not do that. Like, can we just focus on loving each other? Yeah. The labor pains of midnight in Bethlehem and what that meant for the world and how we can use that as a way to model how we love each other. It's like, let's, let's make that Christmas. So the more that that can happen in person, the better. Because that kind of stuff doesn't doesn't make its way through a screen as easily. It really doesn't. And anybody in long-distance relationships with their families or, gosh, some of us still haven't seen a good chunk of our families, right, in two years. So, like, I'm just getting ready to, to yeah. go back and get to see some family that I haven't seen in two years. So, yeah. Uh, what What's really been ringing for me lately, um, I did have a season of feeling pretty dang alone in where I felt like if God was even paying attention to me, kind of like one of those pity moments of like, well, he's too busy. Like he's busy. Let's be real. (laughs) There's a lot going on in the world. He's busy. Ain't no, we got time for my problems. Uh, But was shown his love by a person. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was reminded, like, it's our job. We pray and pray and pray, God, help me. God, show me. God, give me. God, bring me peace. Bring me joy. Give me relief. Well, what was wrong with that nice lady I sent you at the grocery store that said hi to you that you blew off? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) What was wrong with your, your husband who tried to comfort you and you were like, blow off? What was wrong? You know, like I'm looking around going like, oh my gosh. And then where, where can I help? Where can I feed that to someone else? So back to your earlier comment, Lee, about your guy that approached you at at the, at the gig and was like, this means so much to me. Yeah. Man, just having that, having that connection. Yep. Gajillion. Couldn't pay me a gajillion dollars. If it was one gajillion dollars or a lifetime without that. Hmm. Keep your money. I'm gonna be on my boat with my hugs. So I'm not wow. a gajillion's a lot of money. A gajillion? <laughs> you can probably buy a hug. You think you could pay yeah. someone to hug you for I, a gajillion dollars? I bet I could hire that muffler shop guy. <laughs> just rub, just hug rub you. your shoulders, yeah. tell you everything's okay, Lee. Yeah. You're gonna get yeah. through it. Life's life. Yeah, It'll be all right. Well, this was. I mean, it's been an unexpected conversation. Oh, he's I did right. not expect our our podcast episode to be this, but I love it because I think there's there's got to be people listening who are going, "Yep, mm-hmm. that's what I needed to hear." Mm-hmm. And I think you know. So yesterday I was mixing for my churches. Um, they did a night of worship and recorded the songs, and it's going to be kind of a an album recording that our church can just use to celebrate the music that is original to us that, you know, to give the church, you know, a chance to have that stuff to listen to. So last night was that recording and 
coming into the week and during the week, there were just things that happened. It's like life was just coming at people. Um, one couple had a miscarriage and then somebody else got sick and then somebody else was quarantined because of COVID exposure. And then there was another miscarriage. I mean, it was just one thing after another. And the, the thing that kept coming back to me was God is not caught off guard by any of this. It's not like these details happened and he's looking around going, oh my, me, now what are we going to (laughs) do? It's like, no, God is sovereign in all of these details and he's there in the middle of it, no matter what we need, no matter how often we have to cry out, no matter how many times we feel like this just keeps coming. It's like without him, without faith, without the people around us, to remind us of those things, what would we ever do? Mm. I mean, I think it's again. I'll take I'll take that over a gajillion dollars. But then Lee can be the gajillionaire. I was going to say we could go hang out on Lee's boat. <laughs> yeah, y'all wait till you see my boat with the gajillion dollars. Oh my Amazing. gosh! I'll send you some of the boat names that I didn't use. Oh yeah, uh, one of the times. The, the the first time I was in Hawaii for a show, we're sitting on the beach having breakfast at Duke's in Waikiki. And I look out and there's cruise ships out there, you know, you can just see them. I'm like, oh, there's one. What's that one? That's it. And then somebody goes, that's not a cruise ship. That's a private yacht. And it was whatever the, one of the biggest ones in the world was. The guy who owns Oracle, mm. Steve Ellison, said his name. Wow. It was his boat out there. I it is mind-blowing. It, this it, guy. <laughs> it bears highlighting that the richest, most, you know, elitist whatever people in the world all get out into the middle of the ocean away from people. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. It is. I mean, they might take is. a they might take a crew of people to like make them snacks, but they they're like I'm out. There's there's something about getting away that is just a little like ah you know there's God in there's God in our relationships there's also some deep like you and God conversations out in nature that are pretty pretty amazing oh well we can back this up I mean being in Montana oh, fly fishing mm-hmm. on a drift boat mm-hmm. no cell service for eight hours a day mm-hmm. for five days yeah something magical just on a river take me to my happy, <sighs> my happy place. place yeah. And for me, sitting in a tree stand with a bow and arrow for 10 hours, <laughs> for some people that sounds miserable. Hey, there's something about it. It feels good to be an animal. I am a predator. Yeah. yeah. Alone on a golf course for me, it's like just me in the trees and chasing this stupid little ball around. Oh. I'll I'll do that all day long. You know, I watch some of the little critters in nature. We've got these little crawdad, you know, little uh crawfish and stuff and you watch them and they get up in the morning and their whole goal of the day is to move the little rock from over here to over there (laughs) (laughs) and from over here to over there and every now and then they have a snack they say hi to their girlfriend and then they move the rock from over here to over there and they're so happy they're so happy so i just i just want to like try to remind myself (laughs) they have no brain and no real sense of consciousness god didn't god didn't visit them all right i understand god hasn't visited them and given the you know woken them up but they're they look so happy and so content 
They and do. I just, I, I like that reminder that like, if I got up this morning and I moved my little rock from here to here, you got out in the sunshine, you played a little golf and you're feeling good. Like, that's just good enough. That is a-okay. It's good. Well, here's one thing we can't let happen. Um, mm-hmm. Nine months plus go by before we do this again. Uh, new, no. So. Amen. Yeah. Th- that shall change. Absolutely, Yes. Well, I think we should wrap. That's a good note. I'm going to hold you to it, though, Grace. I'm going to text you and make sure that you and yours make it to church on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Please do. That's awesome. (laughs) Send me pick for the front row. Well, I can't wait. I'm really excited for Faith to get her first glare from the pastor that, like, we do have a child care look. I hate that. (laughs) I'm like, it's RSV season and it's a nine month old. I wouldn't put my kid anywhere near that uh-uh. germ factory. Uh-uh. We're going to be in the front row crying at you. Yeah. High five. <laughs> Take that, Pastor. <laughs> be good I feel like all new parents get a pass for like not going to church the first year of their kid's life. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I 100%. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a good time. Most uh, exciting thing I wanted to ask you guys. So now that everybody's getting back into the chairs and doing the thing in, in service, are we getting a bunch of uh, turn down for what? Do I need to stimulate the community? Please send. You know, I think we do need you to prod everybody. Yeah, we need, we need dirt. Work. I mean, that, if, if you can't laugh at what's going on in your life, come on. Like, give it, give us some giggles. Check That's in. True. Tell us what's that. going on. Talk some. Change the names if you want to, but tell us what's going on. Or just make stuff up. Yeah. Just make up lies and send them. We'll read them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as long as it's got a good punchline, it's getting on air. Right. <laughs>